And it is a rainy Saturday night down here in Oak Hill, Florida. We're in the Taylor Park. That boom that you hear behind you is not a tropical storm. We actually think it's the first cold front of the season moving ever so slowly southward. Fellas, good to be back. Ben, Carl, special guest, if only for this reason, episode 53 former number 53 or, or would it still be no it's it's former former yeah. number somebody, 53 somebody linebacker number, man? No, from rude. stetson university retired retired yep full-time in the insurance business now killing it killing it loving every bit of it give us give us a quote from back in the day Boy, that's that was, that was gonna be it. That's, that's now too, though. That's fine. Right. Yeah, okay. Omaha works. Um, you know, red twenty-two, blue side hot. You know. All right. <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar, it's Jameson's back. Jameson's taken uh, the seat here at the Old Oak Table this evening in Mark's absence. Mark is up in our nation's capital uh, today being the 19th of September, is uh, Mark's Alive Day. And uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you understand what that is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark has spent some time up in the nation's capital just kind of uh, celebrating the right word. I think so. Kind of reflecting on and, and, uh, you know, working working through uh, stuff that happened nine years ago. And uh, I think it's a he does annual, like an annual, yeah, yeah, he he goes up every year. I think last year was the first year that he decided to do that, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's been really good. And uh, he went back up this year, so uh, let's uh, dive right into it because God knows I've wasted the last hour trying to get this shit (laughs) (laughs) fucking working. Um, the AV department here in the uh, double wide took the evening off. Uh, we were able to uh, teleconference, very covid of us, with uh, Ted all the way up in the Gaspé Peninsula, up at uh, Camp McGregor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ted's sage advice was uh, reboot the computer, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked. So tip of the cap to you, eh? Thanks, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think uh, it's been damn near a month, if not right out a month, it's, since we recorded episode fifty-two. Mm-hmm. It's been a good minute. And uh, Ben, uh, I believe, uh, if we go back and kind of go chronologically through what's happened since then, and use those as excuses for us to opine the bullshit that we like to, um, you went up to South Carolina. I did to uh, meet with a jig fisherman. I met with a jig fisherman who throws musky jigs. Um, he'll get a little pissed off at you for that, but you know what? He's wrong, and that's okay, Woody. Um, yeah, I took off Friday the 27th, 28th of August. It was October, yikes. Um, so it's September, Ben. Yeah, but I went a month ago. Right. At the end of the month. Oh, I thought you said something about October. No, I said I almost said October. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yikes. Look, man. It's, we're an hour and 25 minutes past my bedtime. Um, <laughs> it's 925 if anyone was wondering. 
So drove up to Spartanburg and got in. Well, first off, driving up got, you know, went pretty smooth going into, and then this hit the South Carolina border and got about twenty or so miles from. I think it was twenty six. Okay. And I watch a car that's parked on the shoulder merge in front of a semi that's going seventy, and he got the shit rear-ended out of him. Smack. Story see of the, my life. See smoke billowing out of both vehicles, and mm. people just kind of merge around and keep going, and I pull over, because that was ugly as hell. Pull in. The semi's, like, managed to stop a few hundred feet away. The car's, like, pushed off to the side, and me and these other, like, 18, about 18, 19-year-old kids stop, and we're, like, running this way. Out of just common courtesy, asked the semi guy if he was okay. It was pretty clear he was probably fine. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. We come over, and the dude in the car has, like, gotten out of the car. He's, like, kneeling on the ground, bleeding from his neck. And we're like, oh. we're like, dude, you okay? He's like, where am I? Yes. And we're like, you're on I-95. You're, you know, you're near, I can't exactly remember the town, but you know, you're right here near this junction. He's like, okay. He's like, what just happened? We're like, you got hit by a semi. He's like, who hit me? I'm like, that semi out there. He's like, okay. Hey, man, how did I get out of this car? I'm like, you climbed out. He's like, okay. Where am I? What just happened? Just over and over and over. He's like, I'm really dizzy. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And he starts saying, I'm like, hold up, man. Just sit down. You got you got nowhere to be. He's like, is, is there an ambulance coming? I'm like, yep. Called on the way. He's like, when are they going to be here? I'm like, any minute, buddy. And he keeps trying to, like, stand up and walk back and forth. And you're just like, sit your ass on the ground. We get in there. How old was the guy? Around my age. Okay. Not not very old. Um, I have a funny. Some decent, people would say young. De- Decent-sized yeah. car? Oh, like a hatchback. Okay, like, little car. Yeah, little car. I think it was like a Honda Civic hatchback. Those are or, all or it was after, at least. Yeah. There was no hatch working on the back. That no, day. Carl, it became a, a compact. I, it, right. it did. Like, literally, trunk collapsed into the front seat. Ooh. Crumple zone. Mm-hmm. Crumple zone, for real. Um, thankfully, the scratch was like surface. It wasn't super deep. Paramedic showed up like three minutes after the whole thing happened. And he kept saying, I'm a, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and kept reminding us, and the paramedic's like, this guy got his bell wrong. Oh, yeah. And so oh, he's, yeah. Like, he's like, what is he now? I said, this is what he said. He keeps asking this. He keeps doing that. Did you guys play the who's the president game? We did. Um, it, did he say Jimmy Carter? It did not go well. <laughs> he said, they're like, do you know what year it is, or what month it is? He's like, uh, no, sir. What year is it? Couldn't tell you. Who's president? He's like, Obama. So he got wrong four year four to eight years back. Right. Um, pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and he's like, I need to call my girlfriend. I need to call my girlfriend. They're like, we'll get you there. So they get him in the car and ambulance and get him geared up. The sheriff, <laughs> sheriff shows up. I'm not laughing at the guy. Um, laughing at Jameson. Sheriff shows up, kind of takes a quick statement, realizes, like, we can't really help him too much with this thing, and dismisses us. So I was a right. little bit late getting up to Woody's house, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Guy was probably okay, but I... I yeah. Have, I have experience with that. Yeah. Um, during my football career. Uh, it didn't happen to me. I was kicked out of a football game, and mm-hmm. so I spent the whole time in the locker room. One of my teammates, who plays the same position as I do, exact same thing happened. 
and he got concussed real bad, hit on the head real bad. They brought him in, and he just he asked me the same four questions over and over, thirty five times. Yeah, yeah. In the twenty minutes that I was with him, and it it's weird. It was honestly it's, crazy. I've seen the same thing with a it's like ten, car accident. It's like ten second yeah. Tom on yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, like uh, what's what's that movie? Fifth, uh, Fifty first dates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it just great date movie by the way if you're <laughs> looking for one. My sister and her now husband the first date they went on was how to lose a guy in 10 days perfect she didn't take notes because they wound up getting married but they um but yeah just like about every 10 seconds just the same mm-hmm. set of questions just rolled out of his mouth yep. like, holy shit this guy got wrong um made it spartanburg Got unloaded real quick. That's up in the Piedmont, isn't it? It's up in the uh, or, or, the upper low country. If the upstate. Idiot. Upstate Piedmont mm-hmm. area. Um, north Charleston, if you want to ruffle feathers. <laughs> so we. Um, so Christy was like, sick, I'm glad you're here. Let's go out and have a good time. So me, Woody, and his wife went out to a restaurant. I believe it was called yeah, Main Street Pub. And now... They're not cool like Florida. There's a little bit of like <laughs> mask fuckery going along up there. Mm. So we had to like wear them into the restaurant and then take them off. And so we. Oh, I thought you meant mass fuckery. Well, but it was uh, there was a K in there. I was right. like, wow, Ben's talking mm-hmm. mass fuckery. Well, there yeah. was a little bit of that too, um, in the form of it's pretty liberal up there. So there's actually circling back. I cannot. It's like it's like the it's like the female equivalent of like the Citadel, so which is like the same thing because everyone who goes to the Citadel is a little girl, but the um, the what I can't there's a name of an all girls college up there that tends to get pretty out of hand from what Woody said. It's University of South Carolina, isn't it? No, it's like a through the Lovecocks. <laughs> it actually goes the other way. Uh, Fairly girl on girl, from what I've been told. Mm. Um, Can you guys hear the frogs? I can hear. I I can hear. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to be a hell of an episode because we've got like if if somebody had the ability to, they could like actually bring our volume down and just be like a a a nature. um, You know, going to be more people like sound machine. Yeah, Yeah. people are like Taylor Park. On on episode fifty three, I kept falling asleep. There was like sounds of rain and <laughs> it's a white noise chirping machine. frogs. Yeah, white noise. That's mm-hmm. it. So, um, Ben, I kind of recall mm-hmm. being a little bit aghast. Okay. Um, at your travels, um, not not so much your the physical physicality of you okay. getting there, but. I don't know if it's the crossing of multiple state lines, mm-hmm. but um, we started getting text once you got there, and it was Ben with a beer, Ben with a different beer, Ben with yet another beer, and I'm like, holy Vacation shit, mode, yeah, yeah, like somebody's I... like burning it down in the Piedmont. So here's here's what tends to happen. I'm a very, I believe in personal self-governance, and I'm a very responsible individual. <laughs> personal self-governance. PSG, baby. So Ben 2024. Right. <laughs> no, I can tell you right now that ain't going to happen. I won't be 35. Um, 
But in all seriousness, no, I would never want that office. But personal self-governance, I did not have to drive from the second I got to Woody's parking lot, his driveway, till I started heading home. So I was going to cut back and have a beer or two. So we got to Main Street Pub, and they had amber ales are my favorite. So I had an amber ale and really enjoyed it. So I had another one. You had to wash the first one down. Well, it started because I ordered tater tots, and they brought out a plate piled high of delicious tater tots. Mm, with, tater tots. <laughs> with chili. I, I'm already considering going to Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it would be a hell of a trip. I've got a photo of them in here. The, uh, Did right you, there. you took a photo I of your tater photo tots? I took a photo of tater tots. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look, that's so influential. What I me. fail to fucking understand is that never made it to your Instagram. I was saving it. Well, here's why I saved it. And I'll Phone explain. Instagram eats first. Eats first. I get it. <laughs> Except for one Instagram thing had me a little nervous. Larry said, take notes because you're going to write a blog post. Which and you're I, still very tardy on turning that in. Actually, it's under been a month, Ben. Ish. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, so let me. We're going to circle back to Ben's college days. Um, when I would write a paper for school, the they used to want you to write like you'd have to send in the first, like your title. Week one's homework assignment. Send in the title. Week two was like the first paragraph. You build and then in parts. Then you build in parts. Well, yeah. here's the problem, and and you're like your thesis had to be in there. So you can't build all that till you get to the end. So like you can't you're not supposed to ever come up with a title till you have the whole thing written and you base off your book your title off the content of said writings. So I told my teachers I'll take the demerits for getting late and you'll get everything the last week of class. And I would write out the entire paper and then dissect out the parts and send in all my assignments and take like a half point deduction forgetting sending them all in at the end so that's what's going to happen to you You're, i'm going to take a half point loss <laughs> and send them in but i saved the photos for the blog okay um all right fair enough where, where did you go on the beer spectrum after the amber ale did you go to an irish red or maybe a brown ale we went full taylor park circle we went over to the freight yard oh. which is just down the way and spray painted open some, some tall boy PBRs and okay. spray painted some train cars. No, Ben was, was here. here with a Z multiple Z. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nice. So went to the freight yard. There, some band was playing. They were okay, but they're super loud. The front yard, freight yard, freight yard. Okay, I thought you'd moved locations on us. That's why I was asking. We we did. We went from Main Street Pub to yeah. the freight yard. Yeah, and then I thought you said front yard. I was like, there's a lot of yards in this place. There is a lot of yards. Uh, yeah. So what's kind of neat over there? A lot of businesses in downtown. So you, you've got a good base. You've got a belly full of tater tots. Yep. Pretty. Just weird. had another another PBR tall boy. Deep. Three beers deep. At this point, two amber ales and a peeber. I don't think I had a second one there. We kind of buggied out pretty quick, and we went back to Woody's house. Okay. Um, But almost every business in downtown has, like, free putt-putt golf attached to it. What? Yes. So there's, like... What, though? What? (laughs) There's, like... Hold on. You you go up to... Like, it's, like... So the freight yard's, like... Did you guys play any putt-putt? No, I didn't find this out until it was, like, as we were leaving, it was, like, kind of starting to drizzle. So is this the, like, like Myrtle Beach of the mountains? It's exactly what it is, Larry. And there's, like, this nine-hole putt-putt course. And I I was like, oh, so where do you buy tapes? Larry was like, oh, you just go up there and you get a ball and a thing. I was like, 
what is it like two three bucks like no it's free all of it dude it's like the fucking triangle golf tee game that you get at at cracker barrel Barrel, Mm -hmm. only it's you get free Free putt putt putt? like nine holes holy i'd be a fat fucking guy man because i'd be like i gotta play some more putt 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 beer putt putt beer it's Mm -hmm. pretty logical a beer per hole why not um so we got done with that started getting dark this story is starting to become like a dark tragedy because we're finding out all the shit that Ben could have done that he hasn't that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: you were in the putt putt capital, capital of, of the, the Piedmont uh, of the Piedmont, probably yeah. of the world, possibly. It's like Wisconsin Dells is like the water park capital of the world. It's like this obscure middle of nowhere town that's just got like seven water parks. Um, but this is the putt putt version of that. But I didn't like. Again, didn't realize like heavily still- themed or like I mean, you didn't no, notice it walking actually, in. It's pretty plain. There's okay, like, there's no. It's like, like old school. There's no windmill. Like, there's no gorilla. It's just like a course. Oh, okay. It was it was it was cool. It's um, but I like I said, didn't realize it till dark. Like they didn't have like it was so like low key. Of course, there wasn't lights. Okay. Like, so we get in his car. We go back to his house. And he's like, I think we had another beer. Actually, let's back all that up because I forgot an important part. When I got to his driveway, he's like, hey, let's go check out the river before we go to dinner. And I had a road PBR on the way to the river. That's that's where it started. That's where it started mm-hmm. on the Then text. it went to two Amber Ales and then another tall boy Peeber. And then we got to Woody's house so and he made. A six. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if we had old. Fa- I think it was that night he made old fashions. Or was it the night after? A lot of drinking on this trip. There was there was a well lot lubricated. There's a a photo montage we started taking because we started doing like a lot of like hopping from hole to hole on these rivers, and each hole we'd like drink a beer afterward and drive to the next one. So in the blog, there's like a post of like two cans in the back of the truck, four cans in the back of the truck, <laughs> six. It just gets better. Um, so I if I remember. There was it was a little bit of a rainy weekend. It was a rainy weekend. When I got there, it had just kind of started raining. It had rained that day. the The packlet was kind of high and muddy. A the Passole. The Passole. The Passole was like, which is known for a gold mine, by the way, that no one knows where it's at anymore. Someone knows where it's at, but like apparently it was this old mining town. So like there were gold miners in the river, like with vacuum pumps. Like Woody's like, oh, did you find? It? He's like, yeah, we found a couple flakes yesterday. He's like, yeah. He's like, I know that mine's around. Some guy's like, yeah, I've been searching for it for like six years, trying to find. Oh, you okay? So you actually physically saw people? Yeah, gold yeah. mining. One got like a trailer with like a whole setup. Okay, hoses everything, and he's basically been like searching all the riverbeds, trying to find like the, like everybody is the vein that like leads back to the mine. So he's gonna have his payday. Right. Uh, but it was like it made me really excited to see that, and I think that I would have been day two of fishing. So I got up there late Friday. Like five o'clock Friday, and then so Saturday because it had been raining. His business partner with Packlet River Outfitters lives two hours up the mountain on like a trout waterway. So he's like, water's still kind of clear up here. I'd say you should you should probably come fish it. So we got up super early, drove up to, and I asked permission to name rivers before I did anything. I okay. want to make sure I didn't give away spots. Uh, the Chattooga River. Okay. Which is where, like, Georgia, South, and North Carolina kind of all converge. Um, 
So we stopped at the Chattooga River Fly Shop. How do you spell that? C-H-A-T-U-G-A. Oh, okay. I, I think. just wanted to make sure it wasn't... Okay. No. Run by... The, the Chautauqua. Not the Chautauqua. Okay. Different river. Just check. Um, the fly shop is owned by Carl and Karen. Mm. Uh, Can you imagine the Karen that hangs out with a Carl? It was. <laughs> it is what you imagine, though. <laughs> Funny thing. She's like this badass fly fishing woman, according to Woody. She can't swim. She was talking about she's tiny. Um, talking about this huge, like, brown trout she caught that almost drug her off the bank into the river and how scared she was. Carl had to save her. <laughs> Thank God for but Carl's they talked, everywhere. You know, they were country folk. They talked for a mile, and finally she's like, I, we should probably let you boys get on the river. So we drive down this. It's kind of similar to you and Ted's adventure on the gas bay and what he's like we're gonna take the georgia side into the river so we start going and it's overgrown he can't find the side road that we're supposed to use to get there we get to a point where there's like a four foot rock we have to like climb over in his truck to get up he goes i don't this isn't the way (laughs) so we we can't find it his like phone gps is saying like the road's right here there's like nothing but a ravine that goes down to your death so we shoot back up hook around the other side take the main road around and so there's like a campground, and then there's like the river. So we get out. River's flowing. It's not crystal clear, but it's like clear enough to kind of play around in. So we start throwing bugs, and we're nymphing. Um, there's a lot of mend. Now, how did you guys access the river? Just waiting, or? We parked, and we waited, and we walked and just waited. Okay, walked no, and wait. Yeah, no, no boat. Um... So, waited. Woody hooked up on, I believe, a rainbow. Looked pretty nice. I had two rainbows eat, and I it was so it was clear enough that I could see him right at the last minute and watch him eat the fly. And I'd set the hook, or think I was, and I he didn't like eat it really yet. It, like his mouth, he was like just touched it, and I was, like too excited because I could see him eat it. So I lost two to impatience, and then and you were nymphing. We were nymphing. Why don't you just wait for the bobber to go under? I was watching the fish. It was like, because I saw him, I was like, oh, fish, fish. And as soon as I saw him open his mouth, I'd like set the hook. You were your own nymphing. I mean, there was a bobber. Oh, Oh. you weren't using it. No, not, not, when I saw the fish rise off, I like. He wasn't using it properly. Correct. There was an indicator. There was an indicator. Okay. A bobicator. Float indicator. And I literally had to remind myself, idiot, wait till you see it go under. And then, so then the next time. I saw one come up, and I didn't even look at it. I just looked at the indicator, indicator, it went under, and I set it, and sure enough, we got it. It was a pretty nice brown trout, probably like nine inches, or brook trout, I mean. Um, Super stoked. Skunk was off for the day. Woody caught one. I caught one. Um, Fished a little bit more. He kind of caught a bunch of little stuff. He got a chub, a some kind of razor minnow or something, or he'll probably correct me on that. And then I think just the rainbow trout. And then I wound up getting the brook and then another rainbow. And then we kind of like, we're like, well, you've got to. Let's see if we can get the brown. So we just kind of started spot hopping up other spots that I don't have permission to say where they are. Right. And it was a little bit more blown out. We didn't, we didn't do real good on them. And then we went back to his house, chilled out, went to, 
I want to say we went to a pizza place that night. Uh, but the whole time we were driving around the Chicago, Woody kept saying, make sure you mention this is where Deliverance was filmed. <laughs> like, no joke. Like, ten top. Deliverance was filmed here. Did you hear banjos? No. But Deliverance was filmed there. Uh, so, so that was, I guess, was important enough to add to a show note. So get there, fish, hang out that night. And we had, that's the day we had like four or five beers while we were fishing and then got to his house and he made an old fashioned, which was pretty good. And he made it a double and it was pretty damn strong. But we went out to dinner and I had a beer there too. What'd you have for dinner? I can't remember. I want to say we went to the pizza place that night. Okay. Um, In fact, I know we did. We went to the pizza place that night. We had a pizza and... I had, I think I had another PBR and a Coke. Um, I had to hydrate, so I had the PBR. <laughs> um, the Coke was just for dessert. Then we went back to his house, had an old-fashioned that was super strong but super good, and then passed out because we were going to fish the packlet in the morning. So by the time we woke up, got going, drove to his dad's house, who <laughs> is cool as heck, shows up with this, like, bird dog that I'm not kidding is this big. No, he's got the bird dog. This is like some Yorkie that he's like going like, to, he's like, oh, I'm going to train it like it's a bird dog. He kept calling me, hey, Florida man, what you doing, Florida boy? Come here, shoot me a smile. He'd like, take it. <laughs> it was so funny. Shoot me a smile, Florida boy. I can't, I can't, he'd like take a picture. I still haven't even seen him. Like, I think it's just in his private collection. <laughs> yeah. But he's got this cool old barn, like loaded with their plastic hatch kayaks and their four-wheelers and their bird hunting RV and all this cool stuff. And so we load up the stuff on the trailer, drive it to the, back to like Woody's house to the packlet, carry it to the launch site, and then we put in and start floating down the river, dodging Canadian geese and or Canada bird, as somebody called them. <laughs> Going down the river, we'd stop, and we mostly, we didn't really fish from the kayaks. We just used them to get to a spot where we could pull off, fish a run, hit behind these rocks, this hole. And it was going slow, so his rule of thumb, because it was still kind of cloudy, was if it's cloudy but it's green, it's still fishable. You'll okay. get fish. If it's, like, brown, don't even bother. So we were green, but it was we knew it was going to be tough. And you guys were fishing for smallmouth? We were, so, we were fishing for bass, but he said smallmouth are pretty hard to come by on that particular run of the river. They're either, I can't remember if he said they were usually north of the dam or south of it. Because um, there's two in that side. There's a north dam and a south dam. So on one of those sides is more smallmouth. These were spotted bass, hybrid bass, which is like spots and, and smallmouth. Occasionally smallmouth and Bartram bass, which I guess are those are like Alabama strains hmm. of bass. Um, Never heard of it myself. And they're like kind of like red-eye bass. Okay. Um, so we fished for those. He wound up catching one pretty quick into the day. Um, like stop number two. Um, I missed one. Was hiding behind a rock. Watched him come out and eat it, and it was just he hit weird. He kind of grabbed the back end of the popper. Um, floated down, and I went all the way pretty much the whole day before I finally caught one, and got one working like the second to last pool on the river. Uh, so pressure was up and then the whole time Woody's like we can't wait till we get you to the rapids and it, it was really neat because there's like these little shoals we'd go down 
He's like, if you get stuck, you'll just have to like get up and like get out and walk. So my goal was, I watched him hit a too shallow of a vein and have to stand up. I'm like, okay, I don't care what happens. I'm not standing out of this kayak. I'm going to float this path. So him running this river all the time, he knows which way to go. I'm like going the opposite way because I'm watching him get stuck. Somehow I made it the whole day without having to get out of the thing and walk to like the takeout, which you just have to. It's like you're paddling upstream. Um, but there was like these real shallow runs bouncing down like little waterfalls and rocks and it was super fun. We get to like, if you follow his Instagram, you'll see it when he like takes people out. He's got like the big rapid. He always like takes pictures of people like coming down it. Okay. Um, he's like, so he's like, when we get there, he's like, watch how I do it. Cause you, you might flip. I was like, okay. And then he's like, wait till you go down. I'll set up with the camera and then you go down and I'll just film it. And there was like a little part of me. Did you see the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Maybe. Okay, it starts with Jack Sparrow, like, coming into a dock on, like, a sinking sailboat, and he's, like, standing on the crow's nest and just gets up and steps on the dock. And, like, looking at the rapid from above, I'm like, pretty sure I could surf this. And there was, like, a little bit of me that was, like, tempted. And I was like, I'm just going to sit down and be chill. So I sat down, rode it like you're supposed to, and I could have surfed it. I think it would have been pretty fun, but I, I sat and did it properly, safely. Um, then caught my bass downstream at the net, literally the next hole. Had a great day, and the whole time, like, I thought I had Monday off of work. So I was like, cool, we can fish all day, man. Let's just take our time, beat the banks, we'll do whatever we gotta do. And then I found out you gotta be back at like seven in the morning on Monday because we got like a lot on the schedule. So I told him, I was like, He's like, do you want to just get up and, like, chill out? And I was like, no, 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 let's fish. But if, like, if I start heading home by, like, 2, I'll probably, like, make it in time. So <coughs> went and fished till about one thirty, and had a good time. And did you guys fish the packalette we the did. second day? Yep. So we fished the packalette the second day. Have a really beautiful, and it's kind of cool. It used to be, like, a, the natives used to use it as, like, a main waterway between Charleston and, like, the mountains going back and forth. So he said there's, like, a huge museum because they find, like, it's, like, a hot spot for, like, Indian artifacts. They find pieces of pottery and arrowheads all up and down the river. Wow. So it was, like, cool hearing about that. And he's super knowledgeable on the history of the area, and he'll just start pointing things out as you go. So it's, like, even if you didn't catch a single fish all day, you would have left with, like, a pretty good appreciation for the area and, like, understood about it and how it was used and why. And there's still cool spots where you can see he was, like, there's a row of rocks that are, like, in a straight line. That's where they used to, like, funnel fish into nets so they could eat. So it was really neat seeing all that and, like, being with somebody who understood that and could, like, share it with you and was and honestly pretty passionate about it and just wanting people to see it and do it. That was a Labor Day weekend, wasn't it? Mm, no. That was the weekend before. The weekend before. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was because originally he was going to, his wife's sister was going to have a wedding shower that weekend. So he's like, dude, I'm coming back down the next weekend. Let's fit, take off Friday. Let's go fish for snook. So, like, we had this whole plan, and then she wound up, like, not. It, it got canceled. So so he didn't make it down. But that he was going to come down for Labor Day weekend. Gotcha. Man, it's it coming, is coming down. down. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we did that. The... Yeah, and then I got on the road and grabbed some Bojangles on the way, and which is, like, Taylor Park standard on the road. Absolutely. Did and you, then did. set up to meet with Kenny Dodd. Oh, that's and right. That's right. So he's like, just 
just text me when you get into Georgia. He's like, all right, we'll deal. So I text him. I was like, hey, I'm in Georgia. He's like, cool. Judy wants to know if you want a pimento cheese sandwich. He's around Darien, right? Brunswick. Okay. Um, I'm not sure where Darien is on that. I think you're correct. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's just north of Brunswick. Okay, yeah. I think that's like more specifically where he's at. So I was like, heck yeah, I'd love one. Tell her thank you. So show up. He's like, cool. He's like, I'll be at this gas station. I'm driving a black F-150 and pulled up next to him. I was like, you Kenny? He's like, yep, you been? So I'm going to butcher this guy's accent. I feel a little bad. but I said, So for those of you who don't know, Kenny bought outlaw number one. So, loves wilds and breed of death, loves Jordan, thinks they're the awesomest people. He's right. So, I get out, and I didn't realize that I was wearing my Drake Buttworks Outlaw shirt. He's like, is that an Outlaw shirt? I was like, yeah. He's like, where the hell did you get that? I was like, wilds and breed. He's like, hang on, stand back. I'm taking pictures. He's like, I'm going to send this to wilds and bust his ass. <laughs> Kenny was cool as heck. We, I was. It was supposed to be like a five minute handoff. I think we sat there for about an hour chit chat, and he's like, "Dude, you got to get on the road." It, it, did he tell you he's he actually comes down here? Uh, he's got friends that live down on Merritt Island, so he'll come he, down and spend time down here. He told me, and I told him to let me know. Yeah. The re- I tried to interrupt you when you said you went to Bojangles because on my yeah. my recent adventures, we made a pit stop at the Bojangles. You and, have to. Uh, they had pimento cheese at the Bojangles. Oh, yeah. They do. They add it to the biscuits. They do. And so I tried it. Reasonable? For, you know, yeah. drive through pimento, it's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can tell you. Spectacular. That Judy Dodd's pimento cheese oh, is out of this I'm world. Sure. Uh, and I, I texted him. Like, when I got down the road, I was like, dude, holy cow. These are awesome. Please tell her thank you. Give her a hug from me. This is wonderful. And I saved... He, she brought me two. Not one, two. I saved the second one for lunch the next day and put some jalapeno chips on it. Pretty good work lunch. But the uh, he's like, cool, well, when y'all come up and hang out, he's got, like, a little cabin in Charleston. He's real excited for the crew to come hang out at. And he's like, I'll make sure that's on the menu. I was like, yes, sir. Awesome. So he handed yeah, off a Yeah, Kenny Dodd's a stick. good, good dude, man. Yeah. And that package, I apologize, Kenny is sitting in my room. Uh, I meant to come here. I forgot it. Uh, a Ooh, little no. mail barge that'll have to be next episode. Um, but hung out with him for like an hour. It was awesome and rolled in town about two in the morning and got up and went to work the next day. But all in all, awesome trip. I... You know, Woody extended the invite for all of us to go up there, and I think we should think about it. The uh, it's a hell of a good time. Cool. Um, I think Carl. So I, I was the following weekend. Yeah, yeah. That that was Labor Day weekend. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bachelor party, St. <laughs> Pete. Um, so. Friday, Friday afternoon, take off. Um, about a two and a half hour drive. Sounds reasonable for us. Was uh, for us on the way there was four. Oh no! <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, I drove probably an hour of it 
with my like arms folded behind my head, seat laid back. It was like five miles an hour for like an hour. Was it just just ter- terrible yeah, holiday traffic? R- it rained in the. Uh, oh yeah, everybody leaving for the weekend, of course. But it was also rush hour. Oh man! So we got On rush hour. Yeah, rush hour. Orlando. Uh huh. Got a little bit quicker for a while. End of rush hour, Tampa. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Really nice. On the double whammy. <laughs> yeah, really something. Um, just kind of hung around um, Friday night. Went to that, oh, what is it called? The hangar or whatever, the restaurant that's on the little airstrip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at um, Al- Albert Witted. Albert Witted Field. Field. Yeah. yeah. So we, that was kind of neat. Everybody came from... All over the place, but, you know, drove in, flew in, whatever. So everybody was kind of, like, bushed. So we just hung out, ate some food, a couple beers, and we're going to go offshore the next, the following day. A big boat, like, meat fishing, basically. Right. And uh, as it turns out, I had a little snack on the road that didn't, wasn't fit for human consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I forewent offshore trip the next morning but um as it turns out i think i was kind of okay with it um kind of a rough day there was always just the, just that weekend just that day to go so there was no pick in the day right pretty rough pretty rolly um a couple people got sick so and i was just kind of hanging around drinking coffee Kicking your feet up. Kicking my feet up. You know, just kind of burned the day. I actually went to a couple um, little tackle shops and whatever. I finally got to St. Pete Fishing Outfitters, which I thought was really cool. It's the... It's... Um, Tamp- there was a Tampa Fishing Outfitter. Still is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And th- it's a manufacturer. He does... Oh, goodness. I can't remember the guy's, the guy's name now. But they do... They used to do a ton of commercial stuff. We used to go look at, go to, oh, Lee Fisher. It was called Lee Fisher's. Big cast nets, huge coolers, white rubber boots, all, you know, big buoys and crab traps and all. So we used to go there and like half the store was like all this kind of crazy commercial stuff. So it was kind of neat to look at. Over time, they've more and more, you know, obviously gotten to the recreational side of stuff, opened this new store and they have basically a fly shop adjacent it's two like different areas um pretty good pretty cool selection got to see some stuff that i've been wanting to see um you know they have like kind of all the standards and the tfos and not all you know whatever normal stuff um but i saw that lampson the with the reel in the middle oh yeah yeah the um the center center yeah kind of bizarre yeah it's a couple versions of it I didn't really get it. Yeah, I... Well, I didn't really... I don't know what that... I'll tell you the interesting thing to me on that reel. And so you've got your normal, like, rod and the reel sits down here. Well, it's so far up that if you're fighting a fish and you're on the reel, the line's, like, barely passing. Oh, it makes the line closer to the... Yeah, it brings it in really close. So if you, like, weren't paying attention, you could, like, line burn the back of your fingers instead of just the front. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, kind of it's kind of neat to see. I was wondering. Yeah, you know, I've never even the, picked one up. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, Eesh. I mean, was, like 
I don't yeah. think it really solves a need. I think it's yeah, just kind of trendy and cool. I don't know about the cool part, well, but it was it was an attempt at right trendy. Mm-hmm. The um, there is a version that looks like it has a couple like screws that mm-hmm. it comes apart, and there's a version that it really one thing. Right. So um, I don't know what that says for like. Now I've got a couple of just the Lamson saltwater. Yeah. Straight up rods. Yeah. And I love them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got an eight and a six weight. They look really similar to those. The, yeah. The rod that that comes mm-hmm. on is the same kind of gray, blue color yep. and mm-hmm. all that. So I think they're probably pretty similar. Yeah, it's like a center axis or yeah, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. It's called. So that was kind of cool. We got to poke around there, or I got to poke around there uh, Saturday. Um, little tackle shops, little kind of whatever. Uh, most interesting is I haven't been. This is about a mile and a half from where I work for like 10 years. Okay. Um, I haven't been there for like eight or nine years, like at all. Right. I haven't seen any anything happening going on. So there's, we got off the highway and I thought I was lost. It was like. It's changed so much. Completely different. Yeah. And it was, there were, you know, obviously the, the dome is still there. Right. The, um. There was a you know like parks and stuff in the middle of town. The the pier was the there Vinole. when I, yeah, but the pier was there when I left. So okay. it's a new totally it's a new, new pier. pier. Yep. You know, they just um, opened that by the way. Yeah, but the uh, it was really wild to see like an eight or nine year, and it, I think it was for for an area that was pretty much full. Uh huh. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I it was. Stuff that was really. Did big. you go to that little? It's like, I almost think it's almost pedestrian. Like I don't, I don't know. No, there's there's cars driving through there. It would be to the north side of the trop. It's like a little street, and it's got all these like trendy, cool, like little taco joints and restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like right there next to it. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, a few bars and yeah. stuff. The end of Central was kind of cool down there. There was yeah. some stuff going that, on. That might be what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Central. Okay. Yeah, we didn't really make it up that way. We went over to kind of some of the old haunts on Central, but it was, I guess, Labor Day weekend. People are starting to go back to USF St. Pete. Uh-huh. Or at least that crowd still lives there and goes out. And right. it was like standing room only in the street. Like, holy shit, man. So... Went out, had a really nice dinner, you know, drank a bunch and hung around and stayed up too late and all that. But it was it was neat. I popped by a couple little kind of fishing spots, little pools and creeks and stuff um, right there in St. Pete to, to kind of have a look. And progress kind of got in the way of a couple of those, too. But I'm sure there's still, you know, there's still some if I poked around right. long enough. But it was it was definitely a neat, neat, uh, neat time. You know where the new skate park is, mm-hmm. right there by the trop. Mm-hmm. There's a, I'm going to call it a creek, a creek that runs through Campbell Park, mm-hmm. and then that would go under MLK. Mm-hmm. And I, I've wanted to go. It's like it's almost like a ravine, but it's like some kind of park yeah. that's down in there. Yeah, you can like walk or ride bikes down the like yeah the sidewalk down and, or whatever. And I, I, I want to say I looked online and like, it's almost like they've created pools. Yeah. Where it flo- and I was like, man, there's got to be like, you know, like, 
almost looks like koi or something would be like you know because it's right. like very like mm-hmm. you know botanical garden look. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, do I take a five weight and sneak down there and see if there's koi? Yeah. And, you know, like, exactly. But I, I never dipped down in there yet. But it looks it looks really neat. Yeah, and the you know around that area, right along that creek. The weirdest thing to me is there's fucking green parrots flying around there all oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were huge flocks of them, like near it, golf courses. Yeah, parks. like yeah. who knew? People yeah. had them as pets and let them go, and then they just started breeding like rabbits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go to South Florida, and sure, you're going to see all manners of shit. Right. right. But then when I saw it the first time at St. Pete, I was like, yeah. what the what? Yeah. Where yeah, I grew for, up, they're tough enough, I guess. I don't know that they can do yeah. winter, they come back or whatever. But I, I remember being there all the time. Yeah, I, I grew up north, more north by Clearwater. Right, and it was the same thing. There. Same thing up there, constantly there. Okay. Yeah, so need to need to get out the way home. I think Labor Day was a, a neat time to go for a couple reasons. Uh, everything was kind of full, which was uh, not great. But we got to miss that Daytona Truck Week hmm. madness. That's always a good there. thing. Oh, see, I didn't know. Was there some kind of... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. that, like, you know, big lifted pickup truck weekend. Oh, Lord. I had oh, no idea. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm not dialed in on that. Oh, man. Every ass hat in a truck goes to Daytona. Mm-hmm. Like, Pretty much. Lifted, like, six feet off the ground. Neon lights in, like... In the wheel wells. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Insane. Super skinny tires on ginormous rims. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stupid. And um, a pretty young crowd, too, so they like driving like dicks. Right. And just doing insane stuff. Burnouts in the middle of the street. So you, you know, got you out of town at the right time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Labor, Labor Day uh, weekend, I just pretty much was fucking camped out on the couch. Um at some point, I was like, man, you know, it's Labor Day, but fuck, I, I, you know, I, I got to get out. I got to do something. So I came down here, grabbed the skiff, and drug it up to New Smyrna. And I guess it was Sunday. And I was like, okay, late Sunday afternoon, even like looking at the tide, like, Everybody should have already bailed on Disappearing Island. It should be, like, fucking thinning out. I should be able to, like, poke back in a creek or something and, like, get a little little bit of peace and fucking throw some string. Get back in. Everything's going great. Start fishing a little bit. Five minutes later, some fucking jackhole. And that entire creek system is, like, supposed to be minimum speed. Mm-hmm. On plane, fucking blazing through there, cutting, headed to the inlet. And I'm just like, wind it up, put it back under the gunnel, and just mm-hmm. headed back to the ramp. It was, it was a nice skiff ride, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I think that it, I think that was hopeful, a little hopeful. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, yeah. it was, you know, I had the best intentions. Yeah. It just didn't turn out the way that I'd hoped it would. You kind of burn a little bit more fuel to get away from the crowd on Labor Day. Yeah, like I don't know, Cuba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson, I think. Uh, Is it my turn? You had a little. Uh, 
reptilian experience, a little herpetology weekend. Yeah. Was that like uh, probably the following weekend? No, it was actually before that. Oh, before that? Yeah. Carl, you line cutter. Was it? It's okay. I I got one before that and I got one right after that, so I'll kind of preface and post. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to uh, pull gator tags in the state of Florida this year. And, uh, got nice the, going, Florida man. I know. Yeah, boy. In the great state of Florida. Got the opportunity to chase a lizard down um, and run after him with a rod and reel and tug on him and take his sweet little life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got to uh, catch and uh, harvest my first alligator. And uh, so I <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Decent. Um, Can you grab that got, yeah. towel right there? Don't worry, everyone. He missed his computer. Yep. I'm wearing most of it. But yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, I Sorry. Got, got to go out and spend. <laughs> I got so excited, I knocked over my drink. Well, you know. Um, no, I got to go out and spend a couple nights with some friends and drift out some fermented, rotting beef lung right at sunset. <laughs> oh, is that the, is that the preferred? That's the preferred bait of choice. Good and so there's, there's actually an interesting law in Florida. If you're going to bait for alligators, um, you can't use a hook. All you can use is a two-inch long wooden dowel. Oh, so they like grab a hold of it. Yeah, so you you basically you float out whatever your bait of choice is. We used a beef lung that had been sitting in a plastic bag on somebody's porch for two weeks. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. It was good good smelling stuff. Mm. Um, but essentially you wait for the gator to come up and eat it because they eat it on top of the surface, and that's why we use beef lung because it floats. Okay. Uh, you let him eat it, and then... Is it okay to ask where you guys were? Yeah, we were down by Coco. Uh, okay. We were, uh, I, my tags were on Lake Point Set. Uh, okay, I know so where that we, is. We were in that sort of that chain That was my next lakes. question. I remember them being real specific. Yeah, I mean, it's... To, it, like, to a lake or an area or... A yeah, there's, there's definitely yeah. areas uh, involved in it. It used to just be sort of free game. Like, you used mm-hmm. to, back before Swamp People, you used to be able to get a whole bunch of tags and use them where you could find them. Yeah. Uh, but now the state's cracked down and if you pull tags, you only get two. Um, does it, does the state kind of issue the tags on those areas based on like surveys that they've done that there's like more gators in this area. So they need to thin out the population in that area more so than somewhere else or. To be completely honest, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know how they choose how many tags go out in each area. Um, all I know is that the FWC was out and very active. Okay. We, we, we didn't get stopped by them, but we passed a handful of people that got stopped and checked, and it's a pretty serious system. They're hard tags. It's not like you can just take and, you know, once you pull, like turkeys, for instance, if you pull a turkey tag... It just shows up on your hunting license, whereas right. gators, they have an actual like zip-tie tag that you have to right. put on the mm-hmm. gator as soon as you kill it. So, um, 
Yeah, we, we went out, drifted out some dead beef long and waited for them to come and eat. And then if we couldn't, we rode around on the boat with some flashlights and you could see their eyes and tried to cast at them with weighted treble hooks and snatch Snatch them. them. Yep. So in the end, we didn't get one to eat on the bait uh, and we ended up snatching one. And So you played with that fucking nasty long. Yep. For, for nothing. nothing. For, for nothing. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good for you. Yep. <laughs> that old beef smoker's long. <laughs> yeah. Pull your life The together. best part was we soaked it in buttermilk before we put it out on the uh, oh. porch for two weeks. So it was real rotted. And, oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. It's a smell that'll stick with you. Who I came bet. up with that? The buttermilk thing. I have no idea. Yuck. Well, I heard back in the old days they used to use... Uh, Live chickens was one of them. Fine. I've heard. I've even heard in like Louisiana back in the, they used to use live kittens. Oh, I'm with yeah. it. Feral cat situation going and on. Certain certain other animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rotting Some thing. Really, it's, it's really about the smell because apparently gators have really heightened uh, noses, mm-hmm. so they can really smell rotting flesh and. and they feed with their nose a lot. So hmm. it was an experience. I don't. So from the time you like, you're casting this treble hook with a a, a rod, I suppose. Yep. And like Big how once you, once you set the hook on that guy, how long did it take you to get him to the boat? The one that we caught was actually pretty docile. You know, he he we thought he was a lot smaller than he was, and then. They run a little bit, and then they kind of float up to the top, and it, it kind of depends on every gator, but maybe 10, 15 minutes. Okay, and then, and then once you get them beside the boat, it's bang to the head? Yep, yep, and we, we used a bang stick, and okay. the first time, actually, the bang stick didn't work, <laughs> so I went to go hit him with it and just ended up pushing him down under the water and made him run and everything, and we had to figure out why the three fifty seven round didn't want to go off um, so we got reset got him up cooled back out and boom that was it took him straight to the processor and I got a call a couple weeks later your meat's ready to pick up and come on down wow so, okay cool and then was the processor like really weird and depressing like is it like a shack somewhere no 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 this guy makes really good money doing this and he <coughs> Because it's not always season, right? So Right, right. Before he did this, he used to, before gator hunting became popular, mm-hmm. he's how I know that they used to be able to get hundreds of tags at once, like they do in Louisiana. Yeah. Like you, you see guys with just rolls of tags. Yeah. Because he used to get a bunch of tags, and then they got into processing as it became more popular because there's more money in it. Oh, so this no, guy's got been a after mansion a Yeah, yeah. And, Huge, oh wow! Huge boats and a, a big facility with, like when I went to go pick it up, they had cameras on and they had fifteen or twenty guys working in there skinning gators. Oh shit! Tail. Oh yeah, they had two. So I guess there aren't freezers. very many of these. No, there's there's a handful. you know what I mean yeah. in the whole state. Yeah, there's because to get that many animals at one place, it have to become. How much did that fucking thing weigh? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think it, it, he wasn't super heavy. He may have been like 150 pounds. Okay. You know, nothing crazy. Right. Um, 
but definitely not the biggest one there. They had, I mean, they had the hefty trash can barrels, so they can't do anything with the head. So they just kind of cut the head off, and if you want to keep your head, you can. So a lot of the bigger gators, that's what they'll keep is the head. Right. They had big, you know, 55-gallon um, trash cans full of just gator heads, and they had them hanging on the wall. I wish I had the video, uh, but we went out another time, and my cell phone took a dip in the old Lake Point set. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so... You lost uh, that footage. I lost the footage of the processing plant, but they had uh, maybe 50 or 60 heads and then a handful of tw- 10 to 12 you know, bodies laying there from that got brought in the night before. So... So did you ask for like a foot so you can like get a back scratcher made? No, I was a- I was asked to get a foot, but I didn't. Is that all that, that crap you get at the like, gas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. where it comes from. Yeah, so, <clears throat> that's how that guy built his mansion. I, I guess one foot at a time, one, little, one, little back scratcher <laughs> foot right. at a time. I, dude, I don't know. Nice. So, yeah, that was that, and then. Uh, my Labor Day was pretty uneventful. I went surfing for the second time in my life. Uh, ended up catching some waves, but I never got to stand up. Right. Um, so that was fun. Cool. Uh, and then I took off work starting that Wednesday, and I had the opportunity to go up and spend some time with my uncle. He's a member of a hunting camp up in Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, right outside of Irwinton, Georgia. Okay. Um, and so we just... Kind of on the I-95 corridor or the 75 corridor? Uh, it would be this off the 75 corridor about an hour. To the west? To the east. To the east. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right about Macon okay. height and then mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we head over on Wednesday. We run up and uh, he wants to go and hang out with his longtime friend, Bill. Uh, is a gentleman he's known forever and he owns a body shop, a uh, car body shop and made a good living doing that so he has a handful of cars that he has kind of kept over the years bill's a very interesting guy uh-huh he uh got into hunting at one point and his whole house is when i say that there's not four feet in between a mount on his wall he's got the Grand Slam of turkeys mounted. He's got, they did a trip to Africa. He's got like seven animals from Africa mounted. He's got 17 ducks mounted. He's got uh, a, basically any mount of an animal that you can think of. This gentleman's done it. And he was only into the sport for maybe 10 years. He was obsessed. Yeah. And he does everything like that. And right now he is building a house. He's very good with his hands. He, he likes carpentry. So he has a sawmill. The last hurricane that came through knocked down like 50 pine trees in his yard, and he has handmade all the cabinets uh, for a house that he's helping a lady build to sell for charity. Oh, wow. So he's, uh, when he gets into something, he gets into it. Um, one of his hobbies was also moonshine making. Nice. And, uh, he has since stopped the moonshine That's making. I can get behind. <laughs> he's got he's got pear trees, and so all of his moonshine are made from the pears on from his trees. And uh, he gave me a taste of some moonshine that he'd been aging for two years in a oak barrel. Uh huh. It was some good stuff. So uh, thank you to Bill. Um, but then we got up to the hunting camp, spent the night, got up, and 
spent the next couple of days cutting down paths and sawing trees down and, and work day work day planting fields filling feeders clearing uh tree stands uh we did a lot of chainsawing out fallen uh trees on the road right so that's that's what we did and at the nights we'd all you know because there's 10 or 12 guys in the hunting camp and they were all they do this once every couple months they go up for work day and uh we cooked on the first night and then the second night somebody else cooked and so we don't see each other a lot during the day and then they come together in the evenings and tell stories and they've uh they always do card games at night and uh so i was new to this i'd had a couple beverages and a couple more sips of that aged moonshine which is at like 130 proof now so i was feeling myself a little bit and uh they do card games with coins so quarters nickels dimes and uh it's dealer's choice and so there was one game that we played that i was pretty fond of called in between i don't know if anybody's ever heard of it essentially it goes around the table you deal two cards everybody throws in a quarter at first that's the main pot you deal two cards a seven and a queen and i go to larry larry in between or just no okay so you can make a bet if it's in between it you get your bet if it's outside you pay your bet if it's one of the two cards that are the boundaries so the seven in this case if you pulled if i pulled another seven you double your bet and so the pot had gotten pretty big and you can say pot and so uh it had been going around it came to my side and i had a pretty small stack of coins that my uncle loaned me because i didn't bring any money <laughs> you see where this is going don't you yeah yeah and uh so i got dealt i think king two so the only ways that i could lose are if i got a two a king or an ace so you said pot screw it pot and if if somebody says pot and they win it goes to the next like game um i said pot ended up drawing a king i think <laughs> i look at the stack in the middle i look at my cards and they, they're like oh shit they all start cracking jokes and they start counting and they're like yeah that's right about twenty dollars <laughs> so i had to double the twenty dollars and i had like five dollars and change <clears throat> There's nothing I could do but look over to my uncle and say, can I borrow some more money? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, we ended up paying it. He had to go. He had a phone call or something, so he kind of gave <laughs> it was me. his bank. They're like, hey, you okay? Gave, yeah. gave, me, yeah, you gave me some more money. I made a little bit back, but uh, it was a good time. It sounds like a fun time. So yeah. the question is, because you're going back up mm-hmm. fairly soon, correct? Yep. Have you started stashing coins away? I have. Good deal. I, I've had coin stashes. I just didn't realize. Didn't that know to did bring that. them. Yeah. Yep. Nice. I'll, don't worry. I'm coming locked and loaded next time because I really enjoyed Bank it. bag. We also stopped a handful of times uh, to get boiled peanuts. Nice. Cold uh, or hot? The oh, hot. Come on. On the you side. Come on. The side of the road, <laughs> boiled peanuts in some podunk town in Georgia. We'll see you around Charleston. You can actually, they actually have bags of boiled peanuts mm-hmm. in the cooler. Oh, okay. 
And if you haven't had chilled boiled peanuts, right. they're fucking you good. You need to add it to your yeah. list. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to Charleston, so okay. I'll, I'll add it. But yeah, I got back and realized that I had gotten totally eaten up by chiggers and uh, <laughs> only found a couple ticks on me, so. Well, that's a good day in my book, you know, well, just a couple. Nothing like tromping around in the woods. Mm-hmm. So. Why don't we uh, look at maybe taking a break and uh, when we come back, we'll kick a few more things around. dry the balls <laughs> I'm comfortable again and uh, you know I think that uh, just moving over to show notes that I had on my phone and how fortuitous it is that uh, Jameson has joined us I have a skiff build update oh, and since we done. have the two of you were we not supposed to say that out loud? No, we're... No, you can say yeah. that out loud. Okay. The, no, um, no secrets. Okay. So uh, you guys are in the midst of uh, building a Chris Morjohn design. Mm-hmm. And in the true spirit of Chris Morjohn, I believe you guys are actually doing a little we ch- we, tweakage to yeah, the we chopped it up, package. chopped it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's going on. It's... Um, the basic, the, the starting point was the conchfish, uh-huh. um, upsized a little bit, um, modern power. Okay. Uh, Jameson's also, uh, not a small, uh, individual. No. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not a ton bigger. It's, uh, 16, nine. Okay. Instead of. Whatever, fifteen ten or whatever, right? Um, and did some revisions to the transom. transom. Yep. Um, ease of use, a little bit more straightforward, right? A um, little bit easier to build, um, but there's some kind of inherent issues there that I'd rather not tr- try to mess with later. Okay. You know what I mean? And, uh-huh. and the boat's going to be pretty pretty powerful, so um, that's something that I was like, mm, might work a little bit better on a smaller horsepower boat. Right. Or a shorter boat, so. Right. 
get some of those problems out of the way and um, add a little bit of flotation in the ass hand. Yeah. The stern region. The stern. Um, yeah, coming along. So all the the strong back stations, all that stuff's all together. Um, it's probably, I don't know, 75% or more foamed. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to go glued, with. Glued together and mm-hmm. foamed and and screwed together and all that kind of stuff. Getting glued um, and screwed. Yeah. So We have a hatch. Mm-hmm. Forward hatch, and, uh, uh, pulling, platform, pulling platform, outboard, a little, a couple other rigging things, right? So it's it's coming along, nice side console. Have you guys mm-hmm. started thinking about color or anything like that? Um, I think we're gonna go with a dog pecker red. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I was I was honestly contemplating a sparkle job. You know, like oh, the bass that, boats. Bass that would boats be sick. Um, <laughs> But I think I've decided to go with the more traditional Kingston gray. Okay. With uh, whisper and white on the top. Mm-hmm. So that way it can color match with the Ginu. So I can add to my Armada. Ah, okay. <laughs> Commodore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're still trying to think of a, a good name for the skiff because it's... The, the working names have been pretty good. Right. We've, we've gotten project names, but I need, like, uh, a title name or a name that I'll refer to her as. Uh-huh. Um, so if anybody has any suggestions, please feel free. Um, one, as an example, is Weiner Diner 16 Niner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... It's, it's a little... It's a little lengthy, but it, I feel like it works. <laughs> Did you say niner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you Don't know, you're a niner in there. <laughs> it, it, at least you know you've got that extra, you know, length to <laughs> to get the uh, decal on there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so fun process, though. I, I'm a big fan, and I've only seen it once. Um, and I, I know I've talked about it at least briefly in the past. On more John's blog, he had a photo of a two-tone hull. Oh yeah, the rail, old whip ray rail and yeah, and and I don't know. It just it. Mm. I, I actually like it. It just looks islandy, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I asked him about it, and he he said that it was a. Uh, Hull that had come out of the mold and it had like, you know, some gatoring and some, you know, issues, you know, from, from when it was laid up and at the, you know, Hell's Bay back in the day, they're like, eh, we can't roll this out. You know, we're not going to fucking putty it and body work it and sell it. So Chris ended up with it and he had a friend over in the Bahamas that was looking for a skiff and he said, Hey, I'll, I'll make this look, you know, brand new and you can have it for whatever. And he ended up painting it for him, and it's the two tone, and I, it's it, according to more John, it's still over there, That's and cool. you know to this day, still a good skiff. It's white, white and blue, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, and I think it's like dark blue over white. Mm-hmm. So it's waterline, above it goes white above the waterline, and then basically from the deck down to a certain level, mm-hmm. and it's like blue. It. Pangas, the pangas in like Mexico and stuff do mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. Where the big rail, the big, you know, style mm-hmm. around the outside is one right. color and yeah. the rest is another. 
I could get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool look, it's a, like a retro look. I like yeah, retro. and it's it's something that you you know definitely it, unique. Nobody's gonna you're not gonna see people you know. We were contemplating racing stripes, <laughs> just straight down the center. Uh huh. Just the two traditional, but uh, I don't know that we're gonna go for it. You know, last year when we went to South Carolina and you guys did the the, the four disco block deck? the mm-hmm. disco deck. I honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, what in the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then like five minutes later, I was like, I actually think that looks cool. I really had a hard time sanding it off by the time I was done. And the only reason I, because I almost kept it, the only reason I did was because that dark green and blue got so flipping hot in the sun. Right. So I, but like it grew on me to the point I was like, well, what if I did like Kingston and Whisper Gray like block pattern again? Yeah. Um, something else, um, I guess before we came on, um, and recording while we were trying to sort out the, uh, bugs and, and, and get this thing squared away, you had made a Netflix, um, recommendation. Oh yeah. Um, I had had been just searching on Netflix and it came up, uh, the Challenger space shuttle, uh, I don't know if there's a, a milestone or something, but they Netflix came out with a documentary on that uh, small series about the, the Challenger disaster, and you know it, it's really insightful because I, being as young as I am, I I wasn't a, around for it, right, so I didn't right. have any sort of background into what happened, and it's pretty. If if you haven't seen it, you have to go see it because there's some things that they talk about and that apparently had been known prior to it happening that was at morton thiac hall and all that pretty yeah. revealing yeah so along the same lines um and carl's going to be on the same page with me um we've we've already had this moment um this evening with uh regards to a sticker that uh <laughs> is on the sign over there where mm-hmm. due to due to different generations yeah Carl and I look at a particular sticker, and we know it's paying homage to Tattoo from um, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. You guys are like, you know, who, who what? No, I, we just uh. so talking about Netflix the other the other evening. I had been sitting there, like going through, looking, 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 looking. And it occurred to me, this is just as fucking bad as going to gosh darn blockbuster video. Mm-hmm. Only difference is I'm laying on the couch doing yeah. it, not mm-hmm. standing there, mouth agape, knuckles dragging the floor. <laughs> but it, I feel like Netflix has gotten to that point where it's like, there's a lot of stuff in there, but there's not a lot of shit that I want to see. There's right? a lot of that. Kind of straight to, uh, straight to TV movies type, yeah. type yeah. stuff, you know, yep. not like blockbusters. And then there's, and then there's, um, oh, like foreign reality shows, right? Like a lot of them, yeah, yeah. The there was one where like they ship pets into the London airport. You ever seen that? No. no. So, so they don't have rabies in England. Okay. So all like any animals gets quarantined, yeah, quarantined, whatever. And it was they like get COVID. Yeah. The the process <laughs> thereof, but they can like 
care for uh, like anything. Like okay. Anything that comes to check, care for, whatever. They're like, like you know, all elephant. vet techs. And yeah, they're uh-huh. all kind of crazy uh-huh. shit. So it's a, a whole reality show based on shipping, like weird shit and dogs and whatever. So I will say that one of the recent finds, and I think it's new, It's um, and I believe it's on Netflix. It's either Netflix or um, Amazon Prime. A movie I watched and I would recommend is Arkansas. Has anybody watched Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Arkansas stars Vince Vaughn. Okay. Already winning. Yep. And he is a drug dealer um, at the wholesale level. And the entire <laughs> movie basically is one of those movies where you start out with a set of characters and stuff's going down and then all of a sudden it jumps to the beginning to the beginning Mm -hmm. with Vince Vaughn and what's going on in his life in the way back and then it fast forwards and picks back up with the other two guys and what's happening current and then it goes back and picks up so it's like this segmented movie but it all involves this this these few guys these few guys and obviously it's taking place in Arkansas but uh, so very very good very good flick it's like uh, usual suspects yeah somewhat yeah, kind of Reds somewhat around yeah it jumps around a little like bit and it's okay. not until the end yeah. that it ties it all together mm. so that's uh, my per episode recommendation I'm just for been like a laying YouTube, on the couch YouTube head still I, I'm I'm yeah. deep into the YouTube a lot of and and this is not anything new. A lot of basic. Well, they are podcasts, mm-hmm. but they're you know they film them and edit them and whatever to where it's just like a talk show. Yeah. So you're, it's just small time talk shows all yeah. over the place. From you know just like Joe Rogan or whatever. You know everybody's seen mm-hmm. that one probably, but all the rest of them. And it's uh, a lot of comedians, uh, for the most part, like comedians, actors, stuff like that that have kind of. Or a, a writers. Now I've I've gotten you know YouTube tries to get to know you right and, oh yeah and, yeah and tries to give you what you like right and uh, I've been getting a lot of police interrogations <laughs> weird because I, I do yeah, I enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. I do enjoy watching because mm-hmm. there's an art to interrogating mm-hmm. and I've been watching anything from. It's weird, like this one channel, and I, I couldn't tell you what the channel name is. It just gets served and recommended. Mm-hmm. It's anything from internal affairs, talking to fucking cops that are in trouble or potentially in trouble, to talking to people that are involved in murders mm-hmm. and robberies. And um, it's that's one of the one of the channel and then there's another channel that comes out more infrequently with like some pretty big name like you know event like murders and mm-hmm. stuff and they actually go into and kind of break down the psychology behind what's happening with the suspect and like they'll they don't stop the video but they cue you to look, they're like, 
this is what the interrogators are doing, and they're about to ask this series of questions. Recall the way that this person responded in this manner a few moments ago. Now watch what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like when you start getting into the nuance of, and they explain what's going on in this, in the suspect's mind subconsciously where they're trying to project a certain appearance. Or, right. Like or, maybe at first they're real, they feel real good about themselves. They're they're And well, and they, 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 they actually say, you know, they're doing such and such. And what they're trying really to do subconsciously is to, project a certain image or feel or emotion, but it's actually very disconnected from what a normal emotion would be. And they're like, and in response, watch what the interrogator does. And it's just masterful. So anyway, that's, that's what I've been into that. And, um, vice grip garage. Mm-hmm. If you that's haven't good. watched, any vice grip garage you've got to the guy's funny as fuck i'll add that to my list but the uh i've been going back to like some of our older episodes uh-huh and i think it's episode 49 we're talking about netflix or amazon had just come out with the last narc the last narc did you yes ever watch oh yeah it? i did mm-hmm. was it well they the the last narc was supposed to come out um like a year ago or something uh, not quite that long ago and then all of a sudden it just like whoosh, gone yeah. but then they did actually release it and uh, I did watch it, and it's fascinating and troubling and creepy all at the same time. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah. Beyond that, you know, I watch a lot of you know, like the podcasts yeah, and yeah. stuff that deal with a lot of the current craziness that's going on, more of the political stuff and yeah. whatnot. But which can be, which can. They're kind of a fun way, a little bit fun or a little bit easier way to take in news. And yeah. instead of watching like the same, I don't know, whoever, national newscaster. Well, because know, they're pundit. relatable and they don't have to yeah. worry about, you know, meeting an agenda. Right. I mean, obviously, most of them do have an agenda that they have and they right. have beliefs. Yeah, they everybody lean does. one way or everybody another does. or whatever. But, but, the, they're, not but they're not beholden to yeah. advertisers. Right. Yeah. Or a particular that's what I've, faction I've found in the last few days. The some of the ones that I watch more frequently will be right in the middle of like a really off color joke, like something really dirty or you know this whatever. Podcast is brought to you exactly. <laughs> that that's always when they break let's it take up. A quick moment to. To, for our sponsors, you know, whatever. And it, these are like legitimate sponsors. They have right. pretty Nord good. VPN. You know, yeah. and it's like, wow, they just don't care. I guess the sponsors know what the show yeah, is about. Know of course. That there's, you know. What they care about is how many views oh, yeah. and how many likes and how many shares. Oh, and it just, it, yeah. Which is mind-bending. Like, it's like, you know, so wrecked the, them, damn near killed them. That's right. <laughs> so... In in the outdoor space, specifically, you know, we're the subset fly fishing. Um, April Vokey uh, left Meat Eater mm-hmm. uh, back at the first of the year and struck off on her own with Anchored Outdoors. And a lot of her podcasts have kind of drifted 
away from being really fly fishing centric Mm -hmm. and it's a combination of hunting foraging homesteading um and her model is you actually have to purchase a membership right is she a spotify her how does she do it i think it's directly through her website okay um everything's hosted on our website and and you like basically pay for the membership and then you have a login yeah so you can go to anchored outdoors and there's a lot of content there that you can read articles see videos and you know things like that Mm -hmm. but to get to what she has determined to be like the premium content, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to be a member. Mm -hmm. Um, In the past, I think it's two, three weeks ago, I wrote something for April and it's on her site now. Oh, cool. And of all things, it's about stickers. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, I remember. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I guess I just didn't realize it was her site. I'm yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if you haven't checked out, Anchored Outdoors, um, I would tell you to check it out. Um, consider getting a membership because they're the, the most recent um, stuff that she's put out is on spay casting. Hmm. And years past, April used to basically have like a season where she went on tour, for lack of a better terminology, and went from fly shop to fly shop to fly shop and literally taught a class on how to spay cast. And it was like the hottest ticket in town. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get. And now she's got an entire video series teaching it exactly how she taught it at those classes. And it's all video. And if you sign up for the membership now, like that's included as an extra bonus. I think so. And it's like after 30 or 60 days, then you have to like purchase a separate class or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool model. I think. Well, the, the thing to me is, you know, she recognizes that people's time is valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, she understands that expertise on different topics doesn't come for free. So anybody that has content on her platform is compensated up front for, Hey, I want your contribution to the, to the website or to the, you know, the platform. So I'm going to pay you for it. So it kind of, we, it's not like the free every three months, you know, internet magazine right that's just got whoever's looking to you know hey you know i'm trying to develop my chops so that you know i'm taken seriously this is like hey these people have written before hey these people are recognized as experts in the field so if you want access to their content you're gonna have to pony up a little bit right right so i i think it's actually a refreshing way to do it because you're you're filtering out a lot of the bullshit um meaningless stuff right from the rip and you're filtering out like you're not wasting your guest or speaker's time because people who are paying for it they're clearly interested in that and they want to learn that right and and it keeps them engaged like well i paid x number of dollars for this class let me make sure i get the most out of that absolutely Mm -hmm. it's not some like free online webinar Mm -hmm. deal yeah her old uh, meat eater 
um, time. She did the uh, DOS Boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yep. I guess the second season second of DOS Boat is out now. Yep. I think. I, I think. I saw a little advertisement. Any. I don't. I don't. Know. Wasn't a I lot of ads, it. but it is out. I watched the mm-hmm. first episode. Yeah. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Was it good? It was. It was it like was. trolling or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. They. They. It's. I mean, I just saw a, a picture. New, it's a new boat. Right. He got it from his hometown. Like, he went out when he was a kid on this boat. Cause okay. Because there was this old salt that taught all the kids how to fish in the neighborhood. And uh, he got it, and um, they took it out on Lake Michigan, and they were trolling for char. Okay. And so they they went out caught some fish. I mean, it's it seems like it's going to be good. Um, I don't know if they're following the same model as they did the last one where they're you know, traveling around and but I right. think he's going to pass it around and go fishing with you know friends of his right just like he did I enjoy the first couple of episodes of, of Dos Boat mm-hmm. and then it took like a decided political statement turn yeah. and I was like fuck it that's I'm when it lost me it's like it was yeah. like three or four or something yeah um Pebble Mine lot in the news yeah in the last oh, month that was with uh, yeah. Pebble it seems like uh, more and more so they're probably going to make a determination recommending against a permit for that. So that's that's good news. Yep. Um, I talked to Jimmy the other day. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not spilling the beans on Jimmy. He didn't say to keep a mouth shut, so I feel fairly confident I can talk about it. Um, his season up at the lodge is probably coming to wrap fairly soon probably by the end of the month so a week maybe a week and a half two they weeks at the most they didn't book a ton to, they didn't have much no they didn't have any no, 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 they didn't have they didn't have guests coming oh, all they summer zero. yeah, okay. that, yeah oh, that's they right. were up there yeah. just yeah, doing yeah. the caretaking thing yeah, yeah. so he and chip actually um are you know fast friends they've been doing a, i think they went on a moose hunt a yeah. couple of weeks ago uh but jimmy Already has a new gig lined up because obviously the the lodge gig was you know summer season. Right. Jimmy is going to be, and I can't remember the name of the outfit that he's going to be working for. He is going to be flying cargo and mail stuff like that out of Bethel, Alaska, which I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where he's going, which is kind of neat, and. It's going to be a pretty unique opportunity for him because he's going to be able to move back to Ketchikan, which is where he he really, like his heart's in yeah, you yeah. know in that town. He really likes Ketchikan, so he's going to live in Ketchikan, and the outfit that he's going to fly for is going to have him work for two weeks, and then he gets two weeks off. Oh, that's cool! Back on for two weeks, two weeks off, and. So he'll live in Ketchikan for two weeks, and then he'll commute up mm-hmm. and stay. I don't know if they have like a you know a crash yeah. pad or whatever. Yeah. He'll fly whatever he has to fly for two weeks, and then he gets two weeks off. So he's like, bro, I think I might be able to work it out so I can make it to the dinghy derby. Mm-hmm. That was sick. So that would be mm-hmm. really fucking rad. So well, absolutely. Chip and Skyler obviously are going to be winding down their season yeah. really soon. So they're going to be yeah. back in Florida yeah. soon. We hope. Yeah. So that'd and be cool. There's there's other mutterings the other day about a possible Ted uh-huh. Canadian appearance. We're not dead sure, but I mean Ted. You know, God love Ted, but <laughs> I tried to bring it up in the group text 
yesterday, maybe. You know, I was like, hey, man, I heard the border's back open. He's like, no, no, not. I mean, I love you, Ted, but you're up in the gas bay right now. Do you really, have you really looked into this, or are you just telling me what you read two weeks ago? Because Shannon has a girlfriend that she had lunch with two days ago, and when she came home, she's like, and they, hey, they drove. They're they're going to go to Canada next week. And I was like, the border's closed. She's like, nope, just reopened. I was like, are you sure? She's like, yep. Tiffany said she's flying into Cleveland, and then they're driving from Cleveland, which is not far, right up, I think it's I-70 maybe, mm-hmm. right up past Buffalo across the border, and they've got their hotels booked and everything. They're cleared to go. They're going to stay on the uh, – Canadian side of Niagara Falls. Yeah. And so, you know, I thought, hey, I'll tell Ted the good news. The mm-hmm. fucking border's yeah. open. You can come get your skiff. He's like, oh, no, no, it's not open. So I don't know who's mm-hmm. wrong. So maybe maybe we'll be doing like, uh, you know, some kind of international incident because right. our friend ends up, you know, being arrested trying to cross the border to that's go okay. to Canada. Yeah, that's all right. Or, or maybe maybe it's just that we're not letting the stinky Canadians in. Oh, maybe that could be it. Mm-hmm. Dirty French asses. Yeah. Shame. 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 Really. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to the Derby. It's it's been a highlight. My brother's been. He's got a 59 day stint on the road with work, and he gets back three days before. He's like, dude, have the boat ready. We'll figure it all out from there. But like. Tell Dad I like need the whaler. We're gonna take that to the pontoon, and he's all pumped up and excited. So you gonna help you put the motor on, get it all ready? That boat has a motor. Okay. Uh, my boat will have a motor in about two weeks. Will it have bolts? At least two of them. Yeah. Okay. Potentially mm-hmm. eight. <laughs> <laughs> that puppy ain't going nowhere. Couple drywall screws. Couple drywall screws. <laughs> yeah, good measure. Yeah, I got to do a little bit. Uh, I got to roll in. So when I rolled in the non-skid on my floor, Fiberglass Florida changed their gel coat manufacturer. It's like a higher grade gel coat, but it's not the same shade of white. So I have like a really nice white cockpit floor and like a gray white side. So I got to go get another gallon of gel coat real quick and like sand it and then re-roll like the nice white in the cockpit just to kind of, it's pretty glaringly obviously it's, they're not the same white. So do that and then bolt the new motor on and then me, Brad and a friend are going to go to Brad's shop and do all the rigging and electrical and get the tank in and all that fun stuff. Cool. Um, I guess last week, um, I had the opportunity to spend some time up in Amelia Island, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little long weekend action, and uh, just so happened it was uh, a favorable flood tide, and I didn't have the skiff with me, um, so I reached out to Sharko Marco and uh I was like, hey, man, I'm up here on Amelia Island. If you can get together, let's try to fish. And he was like, yeah, I can swing, you know, a day or whatever. And I was like, well, in the meantime, is there anywhere to wade? And uh, he was very generous with uh, some local knowledge and gave me a couple of areas where I could wade. And the first day that I went, I tried doing the old barefoot shuffle Mm. and uh 
it worked. Um, you know, moving slow, being careful. Um, didn't see any fish. Didn't get the push of water that was hoping for at that spot. And uh, was out there maybe hour and a half, two hours at the most, and called it a day. Water started heading back out. I was like, all right, it's not happening. So the next day, I went to what he would have told me already was like more of the A spot. And got there early and hiked about a mile and a half, two miles. Um, By the time I got to that point, the water was starting to come in. The forecasted tide um, was right where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we had that big blow last week, so we had that east wind. Mm-hmm. And looking at what had been forecast versus actual for the last three or four tides, it was running about a half a foot higher. Mm-hmm. And it it really flooded good. And saw my first fish, like, you know, like I was hiking where I could move. And then when I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to wait out there, like within 10 minutes of going out onto the flat into the Spartina, there's my first fish. Fucking throw the fly, strip, strip, fish eats it. It's like Larry fucking looking at a rainbow trout and not the bobber. Mm-hmm. No hook set. Off he goes. Probably 30 minutes after that, see another fish. Cast is on the money. Unfortunate part was the money was where I was looking. Right at his head. And I hit the fucker right in the head. It's probably still swimming. Mm -hmm. Um, It did not like it. (laughs) It fucking hauled ass. Then it just got so much water that I, you know, that it was too deep to really see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, made my way back and uh, didn't see another fish the whole whole rest of the tide. Probably more angler error. I should have probably moved a little bit closer to the bank, but it, it just wasn't the right kind of grass, so to speak. So I guess that would be that was Saturday, and then on Sunday. Uh, Michael was available and uh, man, it doesn't get much better than this. So he knows I'm staying up at the plantation on Amelia and he's like, I'm launching at Mayport. Um, there's a boat ramp. We call it the $4 ramp. It's at the bridge. It's the last bridge before you get to Amelia. I was like, yep, pass it over. You know, I know exactly where it is. He's like, I'll call you when I'm launching. I'll be there in 35 minutes. Literally head out the door just as I'm pulling in. I get a text from him. See you in 35 minutes. Literally 35 minutes later, slides up to the dock. I hop in. Off we go. We were probably hour and a half on the, you know, near side of the, the peak of the flood. And it was already starting to come up. And... I ended up with two fish. He had one, had another one that we were on, but we just, it was just in such thick grass, just couldn't get the fucking fly down to it. It was a 
good flood tide. We had a lot of fun. And, man, there were marsh hens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, got to meet uh, Bobby Regan while I was up there. And uh, he actually, they'd, they'd brought a shotgun. So they were, like, across the flat. And we'd be, you know, boom. <laughs> Damn, they're seeing marsh hens, too. Um, they didn't have as much luck uh, fishing, but uh, they certainly got got a few marsh hens. But uh, great time with uh, Michael, as always. Um, the one fish that he caught, it was pretty fucking unreal. So, you know how you get like the really tiny feeder creeks that are running through the Spartina mm-hmm. that's like barely wider than the skiff? Mm-hmm. So we were going down one of those little creeks, and it's flooded on both sides. And that way, we're staying in the creek because we can see the flat on either side. And if we saw a tail, we'd shoot off onto the flat, and then we'd come back out to the creek and keep following. That creek went down, and there was a branch that went off to the left and a branch that went off to the right. And it's just a, a Y. And as we're pulling along, heard it. Poosh. And the, Michael refers to them as slurpers. And it's it's like this pattern up there that these redfish actually cruise right tight to the grass and they slurp crabs right off the surface, like picking them off Mm -hmm. instead of going out on the grass flat. So we're like, shit, we heard it. So we, you know, stop the boat and then we see it. So I pull out of the creek and turn us and we're watching this fish but it's the thickest, nastiest, most dense Spartina. Michael makes a cast, fish is moved, recast, fish is moved, makes a third cast. We can see the fish is back in there, and he's like ass in the air, rooting around. And we can see the fly is hung up in the grass. So he's like giving it little strips, trying to get it. And it's a heavy fly trying to get it to drop through the grass. It's still dangling above the water. And Michael's like turning to me going, dude, I can't get the fly down. And boom, fucking explosion in the middle of the grass. Fucking redfish ate the fly above the water line. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. And I've got video I'll show you. Like, he, he said it and fucking drug that thing right across the creek into the grass this thing is going absolutely ape shit ballistic Mm. in the grass like he landed it in like a minute and a half it was crazy so as soon as he releases it we switch and we hear up the creek and we're like like you know pavlov's dog (laughs) sure shit like 31 inch fucking big redfish coming down the creek at us I had two rods, so I switched over to a gurgler rod. Throw the gurgler. It lands behind the fish. He's already, you know, he's coming straight at us. I slide the gurgler past him and then start working it. He turns, starts cruising right behind it. Huge head weight, comes up to fucking eat it. Blows the fly out of the way when he tries to eat it. But, I mean, it was just like, oh, my God. That's awesome. Just incredible fucking time. Clear? Was it clear? Yeah, the water. Yeah, oh, the water was crystal clear. Like on the low tide, Mm -hmm. like it was like that murky, murky. But like once the water came up, it was like crystal clear water in the grass. Hmm. My last fish, 
you know, I missed that one in the creek. And then we went for a Hail Mary on a flat on the opposite side of the river. And we found a fish. I fed it. Was Yeah, it would have been the fish, that the last fish I caught. First time I've ever seen this. You know how the tail on redfish, the tip of the tail will get that like iridescent blue sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yep. The cheeks and the head of this redfish had like a blue That's tinge trippy. to it. Hmm. And it was like the yeah. deepest, copperest, I mean like super, yeah. super copper color. But like if you turned it, just lit up blue on the head. It was the craziest, coolest looking thing. Did the tail have any of it? No, no, no. blue on the tail at all. Wow. No blue on the tail. None, none of the fish we caught had blue tails. Right. But they were all really dark. Damn, that's weird. Yeah. So the uh, flood tides are just going to keep happening. Um, I think for the here, man, it's the last couple of days have been. I went to JB's for lunch today. Nice. Um, catch up with Dr. Chris and his lovely bride. And uh, tide was still coming in when I left. And when we were waiting to get seated, we went out on the dock. There were two of the fingers on the dock that, you know, where you'd pull mm-hmm. up that were already underwater. That's how high the lagoon is right now. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just that time of year, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I haven't fished the lagoon proper um, other than my boat ride. You know, on Labor Day, I haven't been down on this end and fished shit probably in a month. Just, you know, it's just, it's been high water. It's been, you know, off color. Summertime. And it's hot. That, yeah, that was the really biggest thing. It was just like, yeah. you know, strike one, strike two. No, I think I'm just going to sit back. You know, right. I'm already 0-2 count. I'm just going to sit back and stay on the couch. Mm-hmm. Too much good YouTube content not mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So... So we'll see. We're coming into season now. I mean, this is yeah, yeah. It's getting ready to be prime time. Yeah. So tides, a little bit cooler weather. Mm-hmm. We should have quite a bit less water too. Really. Yeah, another another two three weeks. Yeah. Maybe by towards the end of October, I think the water should stuff, be coming right? back down. Storms and all that kind of stuff pushing oh, stuff yeah. around right now. Yeah. So kind of calms down a little bit. We'll it's be fine. Every day. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty deep just out front. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen to those frogs. They're mm-hmm. having the time of their life. Um, that's it for me, man. I don't I don't know much more uh, I've had going on. No, I'm just... I want to kind of get tooled up and do... Uh, go out and do some fishing. Mm-hmm. I did some, un, well, unconventional for me fishing recently. Oh, that's right. In the form of... You know, I was checking your knuckles yeah, when you, when you came in and to see if you had any scuffs. any scuffs on your knuckles. and It's like I was wondering, did you, take, did, you, did you take chloroseptic with you for the mouth breathing? You know, like dry throat thing? I had you? to. I had to, Larry. Uh, I got an invite from some fellas I work with to go fish the inlet for snook the other day. Middle... Of, I don't know if it was Wednesday, maybe. Middle of the week. It was Wednesday. So we... Went out on the electrician's uh, boat and fished for bait for four hours. And then, <laughs> yeah, got to the inlet and had like 45 minutes of like tide left before it was going to be too bad and start like drifting the fenders. And Dave winds up hooking up on like a 
low 30s, mid 30s, redfish pulls it in, did pretty good. And then it was an absolute circuit. I'm a, I was quickly reminded why I don't do this. There's a, I haven't, first off, I haven't even thrown a spinning rod in three years. So it was terrible. Um, haven't thrown live bait in like a, well over a decade or 15 years. So I felt like an asshat. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I mean, I had fun. And so I threw a drift because they were like, dude, if we don't have like croakers or pigfish, we're not going to get them. And we only got like two of those. So I wasn't going to be like the guy that took the good bait. So I grabbed out this like ratty ass finger mullet. And I was like, whatever. I was like, this one's got red on its head. It looks different than all of them. This is the one I'm going to pick. Fed it through there, dropped it. Sure enough, right as we're fixing to fire up the motor, we finished the drift. It like line goes tight. Like, oh, Ben hit a rock on the bottom. And all of a sudden, that rock starts like shooting to the fenders and pulled out a close to slot size snook. And I had a good time fighting it. Like, this current was running. And but man, like, dude, I can't stay out till two in the morning fishing. I was gonna say the photo, dude, the photo yeah. came through like in the middle of the night, and I was like, dude, wow. I was so tired. Got like four hours of sleep. Went to work the next day, and yeah, like, like the part that you say, like, you guys spent so long searching for bait, like, that's well, just, and like, that's the funny part because everyone was like, like, everybody on this boat makes reasonable money, like. This isn't like we're like fifteen making like nobody money. Yeah, like go to the fucking bait shop and buy some. They're like croakers are three dollars, bro. I was like, dude, I'll drop thirty bucks on ten croakers. Like that's fine with me. Like I'll buy ten, you you know whatever, and we'll do. And and, four hours later, well, right, three people. So here's the (laughs) funny part. So we like get there, and I think by the time like we cast it, I think we had like two dozen mullet, and then these like two pigfish. Well, we get to the inlet, and, like, there is, like, shit busting on finger mullet everywhere. Like, we could have thrown one cast net so haphazardly over the boat and had, like, three times the fish we had. Like, and the, Dave, my boss, was like, why don't we just come here and get bait? <laughs> why don't we just spend four hours? He's like, next time, I'm just buying it. But uh, it was a good time. It was kind of fun doing something a little bit different just for the sake of, like, getting out on the water. If you when don't it do it for, like, like, a really long time. Well, and the thing, too, it wasn't 95 degrees. Right. It was, like, reasonable yeah. temperatures. Yeah, but I'm getting... like... All right, so... Happy to throw the fly rod again. Halfway mm-hmm. decent at evenings. So what... Carl, you know, you're, like, you know, ready to start getting back in. Yeah. It's cooling off, ready to fish. Ben's talking about, you know, his trip to the dark side. Right. Yeah. Um, bucket list. So... Do you really have a bucket list? I don't think it's that defined. Because, I mean, you hear it from time to time. So, you know, be like, oh, total bucket list, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, is, is it just an afterthought that you're like, oh, bucket list? Or do you really have a... I, I want to go to a particular place and fish. That's on. That's in my bucket list. Um a certain species that you want to get. Like I've got a friend, Michael Talamarcus. Uh, he lives in Raleigh and I've never had the conversation with him, but I bet you if I asked him, Hey, what's in, what's on your bucket list? He has a fucking bucket list. Oh, like he has a well-defined, I want to go get a well, golden Dorado. And blah, 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 because, yeah. and he's big on blue lining. Like he doesn't care about big fish. Mm-hmm. He cares about, 
particular fish. Mm-hmm. Pristine. He just got back. Like I, I follow you know on Instagram. He just got back from. He did a trip to New Mexico and Colorado for very specific strains of cutthroat that mm. only exist in certain drainages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, he's done the golden trout wilderness in California for golden trout and is mm. planning on going back. I don't know if that's because he did or didn't get one the last time he was out there. Um, he just went to, I, I want to say Wisconsin back during the middle of the summer for, you know, something in particular like he has a fucking focus and a list mm-hmm. of these are places i want to go these are particular types of fish and i'm just you know i'm starting to think myself like is there what's you know i haven't i haven't caught a permit i'd love to go permit fishing mm-hmm. but then part of me also is like you hear all the stories and it's like, do I really want to do that? Like, right. you know, like everybody talks about how frustrating it is and how shitty it is, but maybe that's real. you know, then the rewards that much greater. I don't know. Um, Mine's definitely like a moving target. Like I think a bucket list day or experience for me would be uh-huh. like a really, really banner day. Uh huh. I don't know. X, Y, or Z. Red fish in the lagoon. Right. You know, I don't know. Kind of surf casting for snook. You know, whatever it is. But really good banner days. Um, big fish. Numbers of fish. You know, clear water. You can see right. stuff going on. You mm-hmm. know, kind of fill in the blank. But it's not... It's I don't, I'm not that specific, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's just really good... Like the day you hope you have every time you go out, right? To actually have that day, right? That's like a bucket list day. Okay, you know what I mean? I doubt that there's many people that have a like a handwritten down in. in well, and I, there's shit yeah, like I, I mean, sure, yeah. I've kind of got like bucket list people I want to fish with. Okay, like Doggy Daddy's very high on my list of somebody I want to go up and fish his area with him. Okay. Um. I want to go fish musky with Woody um, mm-hmm. this fall. So there's like people that I want to like. I don't even necessarily care about the species so much as like the experience, the experience mm-hmm. of fishing with that person and like their turf, doing something they're passionate right. about and get excited for. Yeah, like in, in the last week or two, I've been like, I haven't been to the Bahamas in fucking five or six years, probably. Mm-hmm. And I keep coming back to like, man, I, you know, and, and more so than anything, it's like maybe something pops up on the the Facebook memory, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn, that was such a good time. Holy fuck, it was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, why haven't I been back? You know, like that was really fucking a lot of fun. And when we were in Amelia Island last week, when I when I hiked out like, you know, a mile and a half, two miles mm-hmm. waiting back that two miles reminded me a lot of the Bahamas, mm-hmm. not at the time I was doing it the next day. Mm-hmm. And it was sore hip flexors 
and really tired thighs and it was it was just that feeling mm-hmm. um dr chris who i had lunch with today um he and i have done several uh trips um turks and caicos um may iguana twice uh where else do we go um South Andros, and when we go on those kind of trips, we don't hire a fucking guide in a skiff. We go and we wade because we're more in control. Right. And where I would never turn my nose up at a lodge experience, like if if it was a good enough deal, like because I'm a little bit you know prudent with what I'll spend, but the value I get from a DIY type of trip is the lodge, you get up, you do breakfast, then you go, they launch the boats, they run to the west side, say in South Andros, you get three or four or five hours fishing and then they run you back, you get out of the skiff and then you hang out at the fucking lodge, drink some beers. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Where Chris and I, when we go on a trip, we get up at oh dark thirty. We go have breakfast. We get our lunch packed. They hand us a, a bag lunch, and we disappear and we fish for ten hours, like straight up fish, like all day fucking long. And I was telling Shannon, I was like, man, my fucking you know hip flexors and my thighs like wading in water, especially with spartina grass like you're pushing water that whole time so it's like more than just taking a, a walk you're right you know there's resistance mm-hmm. and i was like i haven't felt this since like the last time i went to the bahamas and, and did a trip and i said you know it always doesn't amaze me but it's always fun looking back at those trips and like i would go on a trip to the Bahamas and be gone for four or five days of fishing and come back and lose eight, 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I drank just as much beer while I was there, if not more eight fucking tons of really good food while I was there yet still lost eight to 10 pounds. Uh, when I did that Alaska trip again, physically a lot of exertion, I lost 16 pounds in two weeks. And, you know, it's like, I guess those are kind of like the things that I'm starting to circle back to and say, hmm, bucket list. You know, yeah. that that's kind of been the thing that's missing to me. It's not particularly the species. It's the getting out there, getting after it kind of yeah. the experience, I mm-hmm. suppose. I think that really plays into it, too, that you're putting in the work for it. Yeah. If you have a lodge experience, I'm sure it's great and all, but... I think it's, up, I think it's pretty luck so lazy, though. Yeah. I don't think you have to do anything. Right. You know, it's a, that's the idea, well, is that well, you just... Well, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're getting taken to right. where they knew the fish were yesterday yep. or right. should... You know, like, they, they fished it their whole professional life. Yeah. They know where to go versus... There's days where Chris and I would be fucking grinding, you know, and and we would have that one or two fish day, and it's like you're thankful for it, you know. 
there's there's fucking hours long walks where you're already physically fucking beat down, dog tired, and you're muttering to yourself, fuck it, I just, how many more fucking days do I have left on this fucking rock? <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's fucking, you know, two beautiful fucking huge bonefish and you feed one of them and all that negativity is fucking gone and you're recharged and you're like, fuck yeah, we're going to get after it tomorrow. And tomorrow might be great or tomorrow might be right back on the fucking grind yeah. um, versus the pampered privileged life of being taken right to where the fish are. I don't know. You know, I've done, and I mean, even the, quote-unquote lodge trip that we did to South Andros. It was more of a hybrid of, yeah, we had a place to stay. Yeah, they fed us. There was the boat, but the boat went out and dropped you, and then you had to wade. You didn't have a guide telling you, you know, what to look for, where to, you know. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I love the DIY stuff. And and I'm starting to get a fucking hankering for it again, like really bad. So I don't know. It's just you know, like how do you how do you calibrate you know bucket list? I mean, shit. I did you know a couple of jobs out in Oahu, and I always made time to fish while I was out there, and I came this fucking close to a bonefish on a flat in Oahu. And it was the fish that I didn't see that fucked up the shot on the fish that I was trying to feed. Mm -hmm. And it still haunts me. Yeah. But it's like that that's a fucking trip to get out there. But yeah. it's it's glorious. It's amazing. Like and that's one of those trips where you can dedicate a pretty decent amount of time to fishing, but also there's a ton of other stuff to do. So I don't even know that that would qualify as, like, the fishing trip. And then, of course, if money was no object, shit, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, really fucking crazy cool places you can go to bonefish. And I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of, like, in that bonefish loop, I think. But I would, I would certainly be open to the permit thing. But, like, you know, I, I saw Paul and his whole crew went to, uh, where, they, where they go, El Pescador? think so and yeah, it looks like a lot of fun but at the same time it looks it, it's it's like foreign kind of weird to me and like they have the guide the junior guide mm -hmm. it's like curated almost like it, yeah it's just and and okay so there, there's one place in the Bahamas that's remote as shit it would take some fucking doing to get to mm -hmm. that. I don't know. I don't know anybody personally. I've never read a fucking article about people fishing there, but if you look at it on Google earth, Google maps or whatever, and do like the satellite view, you look at it and you're like, there's gotta be fucking probably no doubt about it. Bonefish mm -hmm. that frequent this place. Most likely some fucking rad permit shit going on there. And it's like, how in the fucking world would you do the logistics to get to this place? You know, it, it would take a liveaboard. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like that's like in my mind is like the ultimate exploratory mm-hmm. bucket list. Like yeah, you know where'd you catch that? Funny doesn't, you ask. Doesn't have a fucking name really mm-hmm. that I know of, but I know where it is, and I just happened to fucking find it on a map one day. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And then there's there's also tons of fucking places in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've asked Ted several times. The Rockies don't stop at the fucking Canadian border. Like, yeah. You know, but, y- you know, when we all talk about, like, kick-ass fucking out west fishing trips, it's Montana, it's Wyoming, it's Colorado. Like, why does nobody talk about... The Canadian Rockies. The Canadian yeah. Rockies. Like, you know... There's got to be some rad shit going on out there. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, you know, and as a kid, I was blessed. You know, my dad was retired. We camped, you know, from coast to coast in every province, you know, east coast to west coast. Banff National Park, you know, which is right there at Sault Ste. Marie. And, you know, like, so, I mean, you know, I've looked across the border there. I've been on both sides of the border there. I know that, you know, I've, I I, fi- I wasn't fly fishing back then as a kid, but we <laughs> fished. And it's like you look at it and you're like, maybe if I had a bucket list, maybe if I knew to put it on the list, it'd yeah. be somewhere to go. Write it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, more more than just writing it down is developing the plan to make it happen. Yeah. Which takes time. So. Yeah. It's it's off the beaten path for a reason. Yeah. There's no direct flight. Yeah. There's no. Man, that. No Uber. So. <laughs> damn. Um, I can't think if it was on Instagram or where I saw it, but something somebody said the other day was about like somebody having caught a fish somewhere or done a trip somewhere and it was like somebody back in like the 70s or 80s and it made it just so laughable about how on today's social media Everybody claims to be like this fucking kick-ass trailblazer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, bro. Old Bill Smith did that back in 77, <laughs> wearing cut-off jean shorts. Right. Yeah. The only thing you have in common with that motherfucker is he was drinking PBR, too. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Man, I wish I, I wish I remembered where I saw that, or it was either a video or, a, or, or something. Um, speaking of videos, if you submitted a video for the Taylor Park Fly Fishing Film Festival, please go to the website, our website, taylortrash.com. Shoot me a email. We have figured out how we're doing our premiere, and it's going to take a little bit of extra work on everybody's part nothing big but if you'll send me an email and i know that some of you submitted your video by an email and you're probably sitting there thinking well just send me an email bro 
if you saw the inbox, you'd understand why I'm asking you. Just reach out, send us an email real quick. I'll reply to your email and let you know what the next step is. Because I believe that we're probably going to try to do that premiere just before the dinghy derby. Okay. So we need to kind of slap leather and put the spurs to some horses to get this done. Andrew's going to be involved. Andrew's going to get us set up. And uh, we're probably going to do a YouTube premiere along with like a live chat. So all of us can be together watching it Mm -hmm. and everybody can join from wherever they are across the nation and the world. And it'll be a lot of fun. So, Dingy Derby, November 7th. Uh, If you're already registered and you registered for the event when it was supposed to happen back before the Carl Rona landed, you're still registered. You're still good to go. If you, for whatever reason, didn't have the opportunity to come back in the spring, November 7th is when it's been rescheduled. We'd love to have you come. Uh, If you have any questions, go to taylortrash.com. There's a dinghy derby page with every bit of information, including a FAQ. We're pretty sure we answered every imaginable question that could come up. If we didn't, don't ask because we don't have an answer. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, we hope that you guys can join us for that. And... uh, I don't know anything else. Any other? Ben's wearing a uh, "The Skiff Kills Hippies" shirt. If you haven't been to the website, we've got some pretty cool, fun shirts on the website. Buying a shirt at the website helps keep uh, beer in the refrigerator here at the uh, Taylor Park. Ben, is that smoke on the horizon? I think so. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's the mail barge. Made it through the storm. He can probably pull right up to yeah, the front. Well, right it was. Back. The smoke was getting beat down by the mm-hmm. rain. Or did it just blend in with all the California wildfire smoke? Mm-hmm. It could be that. So uh, we did have uh, a visit from the mail barge in the last month. And. Uh, one of the most recent things that we got was uh, a package, yet another package, I should say, from Leslin. Oh. And uh, it's been kind of a dry episode on the drinking side of things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a couple of six packs in the fridge there of some nice Montana beer that she sent. And uh, Leslin, being a huge fan of Carl... <laughs> included a handwritten note. Handwritten. And Leslin, please message us and let us know where you got this stationery. Just a, a simple, simple uh, classic fly at the top. Hello, dear friends. I hope this package finds you well. I've never tried this beer, so if it sucks, I didn't pick it out. <laughs> we can blame Vanilla Ice and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Those are the goats. Okay. Dolly had nothing to do with it. Dolly's her horse. That's what you named her. Her goats? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Vanilla Ice and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Anyways, life in Montana is great. Have had our second case of COVID where she lives. 
Second case. Oh. Open invitation to come visit and fish anytime. Take care, and I hope you enjoy the stickers. In addition to the beer, we have stickers. Leslin, I just want to let you know, sweetie, the um, packaging didn't do great. Um, the beers all kind of got loose from the uh, little plastic holder thing, so <laughs> it was quite the shuffle going on in there. So a lot of the stickers got bent to living shit, but uh, I think we can figure out how to straighten them out. Oh, yeah. But we do appreciate the uh, package, as always. Thank you very much for thinking of us. And uh, we also got uh, Johnny Z uh, from down in Louisiana, soon to be moving to God's country. That'd be Tennessee, for those of you that are unaware. Um, let's see if I can rip that open. I believe I already know what's in here. Nice. And my suspicions are correct. This is going to be perfect. Damn. John has been working diligently and hard at some awesome poppers. So if you want to divvy those up. Whoa. I was super worried you were going to say these were dingy derby prizes and I wasn't going to get one. <laughs> no, 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 no. John writes, Taylor Trash Crew, thanks for the great podcast. It seems I have way more time to tie than fish these days. Here are some poppers I've made. Hopefully your bass and redfish like these as much as the bass in my neighborhood. Mm. Keep up the great work. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, next pre-show, we're going to have to uh, have a little bass tournament. Oh, all on the poppers. Pop it like it's hot. I like these. They're very nice. These yeah. are awesome. That's the only bit of fishing I've done recently. A little bass fishing? Yeah. Oh, the, fuck. I, I left out the best part of my Amelia Island story. Um, so the plantation um, has several uh, golf courses. But in recent years, one of the golf courses, they've kind of abandoned, you know, golf's not quite as popular as I guess yeah, it yeah. has been. So it's, you know, the fairways are still there. They're still mown. Shorn. Shorn. <laughs> but they're not manicured to like, you know. That level. To the golf standard. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's no greens anymore. Um, so I took a walk on Monday evening and caught a nice bass on Monday evening. The flood was happening and it was right before sundown and I was like, okay, I just caught a bass. There's one park on the north end. If I zip up there, there's a little walkway that goes out into the marsh. Maybe, just maybe, I'll see a redfish. So I had caught the bass on uh, a gurgler. So I hauled ass, get to the park, and it's like a boardwalk. And then the boardwalk goes down like onto like a gravelish footpath, and then it turns back into a boardwalk again. 
the gravelly path was flooded. And I was like, hell yes. So if I could kick the flip-flops off, make like the 40-foot walk through the water, back onto the boardwalk, get to the end of the boardwalk, and there's like kind of a sparse like pond area that has flooded. There he comes, fucking (laughs) snaking along, fucking stopping and tailing through that fucking fly out there. Long, slow strip, long, slow strip. Redfish sees it, starts following it, little short strips, explodes on it. I go tight, and I just stayed tight too long. Pating. Yeah. Gonski. <clears throat> and it's that's it's the same uh it's the same fly that I've caught like the last few times we've gone up here to the pond mm-hmm. and all the bass have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. I lost that fly. It was yeah. beat the living shit anyway. But uh I was like fucking this close <laughs> to having a bass to redfish in 20 minutes. That would have been sick. Yeah, on the same fly. Mm. So, anyway, that was my kick in the nuts in Amelia. All right, fellas. Well, uh, anybody got anything else we want to lie about? Not particularly. I'll have uh, some living detail. Living's not the right word. Some tangible details next time we record, but I actually traded a This Gift Kills Hippie shirt for oh, three sweet. like deer hair bass flies. Mm-hmm. And those are in those the are not allowed in the, the Those are not allowed in the tournament. No. It's po- these poppers only. Yeah, these poppers only. No, I'm like, super excited to fish these. But uh, Crazy Larry posted some bass flies he had tied up. And I was like, hey man, would you, do you sell these? And he's like, I'll send you a DM. So... Where is he? Is he in Maryland? New Jersey. New Jersey. That's right. And it was really funny. I would tell you, just on name alone, he's on my bucket list. Well, <laughs> like you talking, you know, and I do want to go fish with Doggy Daddy and do the Driftless, yeah. but Crazy Larry has been kind of an enigma. I mean, I, I think... We don't know much about him. We don't know much about him at all. Wasn't there, like, a pose, like, a van or something really... Well, there was a van, and then, like, remember when he first, like, popped up? He had no profile <clears> picture. <throat> right. And he was, like... I think it was, like, a picture of, like, a bowl of chili or something. Well, but you also... Do you remember that Rich from District Angling um, one day was, like, who is, is Crazy you? Larry? <laughs> yeah. And, and we were... I was, like, oh, he's a dude, like, in New Jersey and da da and like Rich, through some kind of, um, you know, weird fly fishing networking, thinks it's a dude that is pretty fucking dialed in and kind of like, uh, what would the word be? I don't know. In the, in the, I can't think, just kind of a big deal in like the shad fishing. Oh. Like, remember that? Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is the dude that like really's dialed in on shad fishing. And he like used to put out like some kind of newsletter or something. And I was okay. like, but anyway, long story short, could be, could not be. I don't know. Yeah. But he's just like this enigmatic yeah. fucking personality on the interwebs that apparently, according to you, some pretty fucking smoking hot. Pretty good, and it was funny. The DM he sent was like almost sheepishly, like, "Hey, uh, 
would you be interested in the Skiff Kills Hippie shirt trade? And I was like, hell yeah, man. I was like, tell me where to send it. So went online, ordered one for him, and said, it's on the way. Send him the tracking number, and he's like, cool, give me about a week to tie him up. And then I think two days ago, he sent a message and said, cool, they're in the mailbox. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to getting those. Oh, all right. Well, uh, yo, DJ, can you uh, look at maybe getting us a little tunage for our play out? All right, I'm going to tell you that uh, it's been episode 53, Omaha. We'll try not to make it a month before we do this again. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Appreciate everybody that's buying stickers, shirts, coming to the Dingy Derby and all those cool things, and especially to everybody that takes the time to get those packages to the mail barge. We'll catch you on the next one. 